0: Hey everybody, welcome back. It is episode 13. Ooh, 13. How has your last couple weeks been? Uh, you know what? They've been pretty good. I <laughs> am feeling pretty proud because for the first time in my life ever, I have a little flower bed. Aww. I've never had any kind of gardens. So we moved into <laughs> our house 13 years ago. And then we did nothing with the flower beds that we were here. We kind of let that. We were like, we took like a, you know what, go with God kind of approach. (laughs) (laughs) We let them rewild and I didn't know anything about plants. When I started my job at the company that I'm with now five years ago, they gave me a plant in a pot. Everybody that starts at this company, actually, I don't know if they do this anymore now that we're all in this context of working at home and we've been doing this for a year. But like before that, everybody, when they start, they get a plant. And I was like, holy shit, what are you doing? That is a lot of pressure to put on me. I've never kept a plant alive before. <laughs> I kept that plant alive.
1: And Ooh, I was still.
0: Uh, well, so I, I gave it to somebody else because they moved oh. me to a desk that had no, it was in a spot with no sun. And I was like, well, okay, if I have to move, then like the person who gets my desk also gets my plant. But I felt confident enough that I could keep plants and I actually have a lot of plants around the house now. I think I have, I don't know, 20 or 30 plants around the house. Wow. Yeah. Like oh I, gosh. yeah, I have quite a, quite a few plants and this year neil was like well I've, the last few years neil keeps saying i mean you really like plants do you want to try gardening and then this is the year where he's like i mean come on and so he hired some people to come and unfuck the flower beds and they just like ripped all that shit out and he's like so what are you gonna do about it and i was like oh my god yeah. so he was talking to our next door neighbor who kind of went through a similar process a few years ago and so she's farther ahead than me. My problem is that when I don't know what I don't know about something, I kind of get um stuck. Okay. So my so with this, my problem is that I didn't know like I don't know what kind of plants work well in Calgary because you can get snow any time of year right. year. right. Our soil is very clay based. I don't know about like sun versus shade i don't know anything i
1: <laughs> same
0: like anything but you know who does know stacy my friend stacy who lives next Yay, door <laughs> and is one of my best friends actually we've talked about stacy before because yes! stacy is the friend who recommended the long way to well it's the book by becky chambers that also has a long title what is it long way to a small and angry planet I don't know, I probably got the title wrong. But anyway, when Stacy tells you to do something, you can trust her because Stacy knows her shit about everything. She's just one of those people that like she is authoritative and she is correct. She always, I believe her. She always is correct. I always believe her. Good. And so she and she was so excited because she had like ordered all of her plants, but like she was like, I can help you. And so she and she's also an artist. And so she like Perfect. drew out she drew the flower bed for me and so I like she planned it and then she kind of coached me and came over and planted alongside me my muscles are sore now I am so glad that I've been working out for a year and a half holy shit Chris (laughs) gardening is a workout and now I feel like I had a good workout yesterday it's like the good sore muscles because if I hadn't done that I would be obliterated and we would not be recording the podcast today (laughs) Because I would not be vertical. The other thing that I appreciate about Stacey, something that we kind of bonded over, because she chose most of the plants, but I also chose some as well. And we have a similar thing for how we chose certain plants, which is that we chose them based on their names. (laughs) 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 Uh, For example, we both chose daylilies, and she chose daylilies that were called Primal Scream. Because how do you not choose a daylily called Primal Scream? (laughs) And I chose the daylilies that were called Nosferatu because, of course, I'm going to choose a daylily that's called Nosferatu. That is the best thing I've ever heard in my life. That's amazing. (laughs) But she had asked me as she was planning, she's like, do you want to get annuals or perennials? And I said, what is the difference? And she's like, well, annuals, like, you plant them and they die. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Why? Why? Why have annuals? No. No no like i get i get that like there's a chance perennials might die mostly because i don't know what i'm doing and like i'm gonna try my best and if they die because of my lack of skill well that's a thing that happens but i'm hoping not not to murder they're resilient
1: they are truly resilient that's the hope they'll come back yeah they'll come back that's the hope
0: but like i'm not gonna buy things that i know are gonna die at the end of the year hell no I want, like, so I'm starting with this small bed. I have the other beds we put kind of, like, some shrubs and trees and shit. And we'll see kind of how they grow up and out. But, like, I want stuff I can add to. And then eventually I don't have to add anything anymore. Right. I just need to,
1: like, murder the weeds. Right. As they come. But not murder the plants or no. the the yeah flowers you don't want to do that
0: no but St- it was so funny because state when we were doing this doing it yesterday as we were doing the planting stacy was like are you okay if i'm like telling you what to do and i'm like no tell me what to do like i'm five because i literally don't know what to do and she's like did your mom have flower beds and i said i yes
1: <laughs> nobody pays attention when they're a kid at flowers
0: well, and I remember my mom sending me out to do the weeding, and then getting scolded because I was pulling out flowers. Because I didn't know what were weeds and what were flowers. Yeah, I like the same. And guess who didn't weed again? And I wasn't even—I was not sad, but I was not doing, you know, like that thing on purpose. Yeah, yeah, no, I wasn't doing it on purpose to never have to do it again. I genuinely yeah. didn't know because I remember, like, right. on the school year, like the the clover, like those weeds were, like they—it's they're flower weeds. They're pretty. They are pretty. So yeah. That's the big uh that's the big excitement. at God, this godhouse. We might have flowers if I don't kill them before they bloom.
1: <laughs> I think you'll be fine. I like perennials. I have I'd planted some lilies as well, just because they are resilient and sometimes they multiply. Oh.
0: So nice. there could be a lot of Nosferatus and a bunch of prim- exactly. and a bunch of primal scraping happening up in this house.
1: I know. So, like, my thing is my tattoos on my body are all flower motifs,
0: and actually, Ooh. I have a
1: lily on my shoulder. So, I dig. Very lilies. nice.
0: Actually, my left arm sleeve is all flowers as well. Although none of them, I'm nobody else. But you can see this. But I'm like twisting right. my arm around to check. None of them are lilies because they're the flowers. That my grandmother grew, so I have carnations and pansies and roses and violets, and then up, kind of the back of the triceps are gladiolas.
1: Mm. So you're a flower child. Yes. Fish.
0: So the other exciting thing that happened over the last couple of weeks that your patrons would know about, but maybe not everybody mm-hmm. else, is that we did another episode of Drunk Let's Pick. We did,
1: and it was fun. It was it was a good time. It was a lot of fun. We had yes, so Tegan Shepherd, uh, she had reached out and she wanted to do a drunk Vic because we both had books coming out, I guess June first at our respective publishing companies. Mm-hmm. June first. And I think Tegan's comes out, general release on the twenty second of yeah. June and mine is the fifteenth of June. That's not right. guilty. Britt Writer. So not really me, but sorta of me. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, so we decided to we actually Facetimed and a half an hour before our drunk Les to drink a martini together Just like to have it to start it uh-huh. and then uh-huh. we popped on over to the uh, Zoom call and we continued our or we started our conversation and started the video that way because you know we kind of wanted just to you know get comfortable and Just kind of hang out for a little bit Like you would if you were like somewhere else mm-hmm. you were getting ready to do something you would hang out mm-hmm. and chat So we did by the end of it, I had three martinis, three lemon drop martinis. Mm-hmm. Tegan, I think, only had one. Which, so I mean, I couldn't even say books. <laughs> I had the hardest time saying books. So, but it was a lot of fun. I mean, I enjoyed. I really enjoyed the book. Swipe, <laughs> swipe right. See, I'm totally sober, and I have a hard time saying that. But it's a good. It was a. It was a, a romance, a contemporary romance, and had to do, of course, with dating apps and swiping right. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a really good book. I liked it. I saw her already yet.
0: I'm a delinquent who's been playing a lot of video games lately. <laughs> and and gardening. Okay. And gardening. You've had a lot going I on. I have. I have not. It's been busy. Um, but I'm excited about that one. It sounds super cute. And that was, yeah. it was a lot of fun. And you guys got a lot less drunk than you oh, and Ray sure. did during the first one. And so right. it was a lot. Easier to
1: moderate. I'm not
0: gonna lie. And then also, Tegan and I went
1: way. I off left. Track. I had to leave for a little bit. I picked up my <laughs> phone and just started checking my emails because I, I lost the them both to games. Never mention games during drunk Vic. Oh Any sort of games, God. video games, forget it. Like just don't. I
0: felt so bad. <laughs> I hope it was
1: at least fun for your patrons. It was. To listen to. I. I'm hoping so. We're actually going to, like, I think we're going to publish it live and have a lot of people, anybody who wants to see it can see it. I think Mass Effect fans are going to love that part of it. For sure. And I'm like, Mass Effect? And I only know that because of our last podcast when you started talking about it. And it was funny because then after Trunk Lesfic and the uh, the last podcast dropped, Tegan reached out and she's like, I'm super sorry about, it. I didn't realize you guys had talked about it on the, the podcast and then during drunk lesbian, you know expanded on it so. no <laughs> that like, that's totally okay fun. i got caught up on emails text messages i was good <laughs> i was totally entertaining myself <laughs> <sighs> so it was fun we had a good time we um it's it's kind of a a fun thing cuz everybody's more relaxed and you don't have to worry so much about saying either the right or the wrong things. It's just it's just fun. And it's kind of like, you know, your truths come out when you when you have been drinking. And I feel like we were both very truthful about the stories and and the representation in the stories and how much we liked it and it was just it was a good time. I had fun. I didn't think I would do another one, but I think this is going to be a thing.
0: Oh so if you want to have a listen as Brit Ryder slash Chris Bryan and Tegan Shepard get kind of drunk and talk about each other's new releases, just head on over to Chris's Patreon. We will include a link in the show notes okay. to this episode and right. you just have to become a patron. But remember, all the money goes to a good cause. I believe it... Does it still go to buying wet food for animal shelters?
1: It's... Yes. So what we've done, it first started out as buying wet food for dogs and cats, older senior dogs and cats at shelters who couldn't eat kibble. You know, it's more expensive to buy wet food for for animals than it is for, you know, the kibble. A lot of places donate kibble, like a lot like Purina and things like that. They donate a lot of kibble to shelters around the country. So I just decided, well, let's get some wet food out to, you know, something to do. We were, you know, down in, quarantine we couldn't do anything go anywhere and I kind of want to get in front of people and so we just des- i just decided to, to open up this patron page and do this and so now it's kind of grown and so what we do is every month now is we pick a certain patron and have them give us the shelter of their choice and then i go online and i find the the shelters wish list a lot of times they have an amazon wish list and so, what I do is I just go ahead and take that our pledges for the month and buy everything I can from the wish list and send it directly to that patron so that they can get involved and then take all this stuff to the actual shelter that they chose so it's kind of fun it gets it gets everybody involved and then they send pictures and you know it's a fun little group that we have there you go so the
0: money goes to a good cause, and you get to watch two authors get pretty drunk have fun talking about each other's books yes. and then me completely sober still kind of acting like i'm a little bit drunk because i get so excited <laughs> talking about one of my favorite uh ships of all time
1: so... what more could you ask
0: for <laughs> i don't know
1: <laughs> it was uh yeah it's uh it's a lot of fun plus i also do a lot of um you know, I interview a lot of writers and other people. It's not just, you know, all about me. It's it's about, like, what other people, you know, I've had Melissa Braden on. I've had Georgia Beers. My next guest is Finian Burnett. Very good. I know. So that's going to be fun. Um. So anyway, so enough about that. Let's talk about a couple other things about our podcast. So uh, we want to give a massive thank you to the, as the ratings and the reviews continue to come in on Apple Podcasts. So I'm going to read one of them. Karen from Virginia Beach says Queerly Recommended is her favorite podcast and shares it in her review. I don't listen to many different podcasts, but I never miss this one. I always get a show or movie recommendation I might not otherwise have known about. Love it. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Karen. So, as you can tell, every reading, fuck me, every rating and review matters because they really do help other listeners find the show so they can enjoy our shenanigans, hopefully, and also walk away with a recommendation, whether it's a movie or a book uh, or TV show. So, thank you very much, Karen, for your nice review.
0: Thank you, Karen. That's so sweet. We're so... I don't know. I, I love hearing that it's your favorite podcast, but I also just love hearing that, uh, you know, not only do you love hearing us be silly every week, but that you're walking away with, you know, some really meaningful yes. recommendations. Right. And now it's time for listener questions. The first one, Chris, is actually for you. Jenny, Ooh. Jenny, Jenny from Twitter asks, Chris, where do you write? Do you write everywhere or do you actually have like somewhere special that you write?
1: Well, Pre-pandemic, I was going to, I used to write on the weekends with KB Draper, uh, who's an indie writer, and we would meet at the roastery in Kansas City, and we'd like write for five-hour blocks, either the roastery, coffee shop, or we would go to the opera house down in the River Market in Kansas City, and write there for four hours, four or five hours. But I, I pretty much just write wherever I can. It's never like... Like I can never set up a favorite place because I always need to have stuff going on. I like to be in a place where there's loud noises. Believe it or not, I'm like the weird person that my mind likes to focus on that while mm-hmm. the other half of my brain is is actually writing. So I I don't like quiet time. Mm-hmm. Quiet time for me to write. I don't need that. Like I can write on my lunch hour at work with all the noises going on if I'm in the office. But usually, if I'm writing, I have the TV on and I'm on my couch writing so I Mm. have to have noise I have to have that
0: that's pretty cool I uh I can't I mean obviously I don't write books like you I can't write so the funny thing is I don't think most people know this I actually have to do a lot of writing for my job at work Mm. I'm a product marketer which means I'm writing all the time so I have to write messaging like that kind of thing and I can't write if there's like lyrics to music but like I also (laughs) need to have like some kind of sound all the time So I listen to a lot of like electronic music, but like my favorite place to read, if I have a choice, it either needs to be very quiet. So it's like at night when my whole family is asleep or the airport. I. That's so loud. I can love reading at airports (laughs) because also nobody's going to bug you at an airport because nobody wants to talk to anybody else. Wrong. What? That's wrong. What's wrong?
1: If you have your laptop out and, like, it's a crowded space, yeah. like, I specifically remember I was flying back from Philadelphia, and I was sitting in a chair, and I actually had my, uh my I was writing a book, and uh, so I'm writing, and this lady next to me literally, like, leans into my space to read what I'm reading or writing.
0: That's demented.
1: You know, but it happens a lot. Like, when I open a book, she was people raised want wrong. to see what you're doing. Well, a lot of people were raised wrong because it happens a lot to me. So I feel like my bubble at an airport is so small, there's no way I could do it.
0: Oh, like, I see, just, like, no I way. always have my candle.
1: Well, you know, I mean, still. For some reason, like, people just, like, zip, look, here's somebody sitting here. I'm going to sit right next to her, even though, like, the whole place is open. Like, that always amazes me. So then I, like, get up and, like, go get a drink and then go sit somewhere else. But airports,
0: no. I wonder if I give off more fuck off vibes than you do. <laughs> Maybe. I'm going to have to look meaner. <laughs> right? <laughs> Just start growling at people.
1: Bite yeah. them a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but I, but reading, the best place for me to read is my hammock. Hands down, love my hammock. Love it! Mm-hmm. And I love to read out there.
0: Mm-hmm. Alright. Do you want to read the next question?
1: Yes! So, Fangirl Loves Pizza on Twitter says, love the podcast. Do y'all have three top fave ships? Tara, I'm going to turn this over to you.
0: I actually do. Of course, the funny thing is, I really only have three ships total. (laughs) So it kind of works out perfectly. (laughs) No, that's not true. I mean, I'll occasionally kind of dip my toe in. Like, there are times when I want to read a particular scenario. And that's where fanfic can be helpful. Because you can go on to Archive of Our Own. Like, I remember there was a day when I really just wanted to read a coffee shop story. And that's the nice thing is you can go in and like you can just search for, um, like I was able to search for like, coffee shop, FF pairings, sort by kudos. That's kind of my favorite thing is like, if I sort by kudos, that's usually the way to help me know like if because whatever has the most I take that as a sign of endorsement because it's like, that's the way you know that people really, really like it. And I and right. I can get like good stories that way and so that so it might be like coffee shop it might be like one bed you know stranded <laughs> kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't know like it's fanfic is awesome for tropey goodness so like right. if I'm feeling like I want a trope then that's kind of a way I'll go but I like many people am pretty loyal to a couple of particular ships my absolute Hands down, Ride or Die has been for, oh, jeez, I'm trying to think how long it's been. Probably it's been four or five years. Has to be Miranda, which is Miranda Priestley and Andy Sachs from Devil Wears Prada. I fucking love it. I, <laughs> like, I cannot get enough of it. And it's a really, really active fandom as well. That movie's been out for, what, like, 13 years or something like that it's been out forever i'm also yeah. gonna say a thing that's kind of controversial oh i don't actually really love the movie i've never read the book i'm not interested in the book and actually the people who write the fanfic don't like the book either but the fanfic some of it is incredible and i mean the best of the best i think most people agree is is uh, truth and measure by Telenu, which if you haven't read it, you have to read it, it will like ruin your life and put it back together again. <laughs> it is so good. It is almost 300,000 words. Wow. I think I've read it four or five times now. It's so freaking good. And actually, Telenu is also known as Rosalind Sinclair, the yes. lesbian author. And so a couple of her other Mirandi stories have been rewritten as original fiction. So The Lily and the Crown and The X Ingredient, which if you've read the fanfic versions, The Lily and the Crown is uh, somewhat similar to the fanfic version. The X Ingredient is completely different from the fanfic version, which is interesting because it's, the X Ingredient is still very much set in that like work, scenario but like in the fanfic one it was (laughs) the the setup is Andy starts to work for Miranda and finds out that Miranda's employees uh, have an extra task which is that they have to get Miranda off (laughs) and Andy's like well I'm gonna do it so good that I'm gonna wreck her life and then she does But of course, how is that going to work as published fiction? Because with fanfic, basically, anything goes, right? Right. Right. With published fic, especially post-Me Too, how is that ever possibly going to happen? Right. And the way it was rewritten, like, hats off to Rosalind Sinclair because it was masterfully done. It's a really excellent book. But there are many, many other excellent authors doing fantastic things in that area. Jim Stanley, I think, did a series. The name completely escapes me at the moment, but it's very, very good. And Lee Winter's book, *The Brutal Truth*, actually began as began as a Miranda fanfic, and then was rewritten as original fic. So, uh, also one other to plug. There is one called *Not Everyone*. By Space Match, which is so wonderful, really excellent. You can find it on Archive of Our Own. The follow-up is called Pure Shores, and it is the mo- one of the most painful things I've ever read in the whole of my life. Part of which might have been because when I was reading it, it was not completed. But it's like you get the happily ever after, and not everyone. And then you get the most painful breakup in Kinshore's. And I'm not sure I've actually fully recovered even years (laughs) later from that. Um, My other, okay, so my second, we'll call my runner up. My next other favorite ship is Swan Queen or Emma and Regina from Once Upon a Time. The other hilarious thing about this is that I have only ever seen one episode of Once Upon a Time. I never got into this (laughs) show.
1: Me neither. Never even I never even saw one episode.
0: No, but I was kind of drawn to it for similar reasons to why I was drawn to Miranda because of the ice queen element. Now, of course, Miranda has a couple of other things going for it in that, like, I love age gap stories. And at the time I was really into workplace um, romances and I'm not like quite as much now. Again, like I mentioned, me too, kind of adds like a, a layer of ickiness that I'm not as comfortable with anymore. But like, swan king doesn't have that so that's nice so it really just has instead it has the uh, definite ice queen also has the rich girl poor girl dynamic works really really well and if you read enough of the fanfic you kind of end up understanding enough of the world that it really doesn't matter right if you watch the show or not you just kind of get into these characters it has the enemies to lovers going on really well so i really love that and the two writers that are just awesome, writing some really stunning both long form and short works are Coalition Girl and stars That Burn. And then my last one, which if you do sign up for Chris's (laughs) Patreon, and you do listen to that drunk lesfic or watch that video, uh, you will see Tegan Shepard and I go on at length about this. It's very much a rare pair, which means there is not very much fanfic written about these two, but they are Arya Chalok and Tevos from the Mass Effect series. And very specifically for me, it is reading about them as Ray D. Magnin, Randy Magden has written her own she's written quite a bit of um original fiction. She's published by Desert Palm Press. I think almost exclusively, I could be wrong about that. But she has written so much fanfic. Like she writes a staggering amount of fanfic. And she's written wow. a ton of like Mass Effect, Legend of Korra, She Ra, like the new She-Ra series. Oh right. I'm probably missing a bunch of other things because I can't keep up on all the things. But like for me, the Mass Effect fanfic is so it's so fantastic. But this pairing in particular, I just adore. And the thing to know going into it is that Tivos is a very high-ranking government official, and Arya is the head of a major criminal enterprise, and it's. am I gonna lose
1: you again to mass effect for the third time no no (laughs) no it's like I think I'm
0: also just checking I'm I I also am like very much in my feelings about this because as we discussed in the last episode I am playing through mass effect again and so I just I'm feeling very nostalgic about this I might have to go back and reread that series um so yeah those are my three I love them I I kind of feel like I'm probably always going to be reading, especially those first two pairings, I'm probably always going to read at least a couple, few, ten, I don't know, <laughs> a year. <laughs> we'll, we'll always be reading at least a bit in those fandoms. Yeah. So, on a totally different note... I think a lot of people uh, listening probably would have seen that recently, the completely awesome website, Autostraddle, recently put out a survey on their website that I know a lot of our mutual followers on Twitter had a lot of fun with. And it was a survey that lets you see the job that you would have in a lesbian romance. (laughs) (laughs) And we thought that we could just take this survey together. I think it's great. Let's do it. But first, I thought, Chris, you're a lesbian romance author. How do you go about choosing jobs for your characters?
1: I would say that I look for jobs that interest me because I'm going to have to do a lot of research on it or jobs that help the storyline. Like in my book, Listen, my character, you know, she was really into math and stuff and I know nothing of math. So (laughs) But I needed her to, to have that, uh, that background because of the whole music aspect of it. And so I just, I kind of pick it just based on whether or not I like the job or that it's going to advance the story somehow. Or, you know, like whirlwind romance, I write about storm chasing and because I'm, petrified and completely fascinated with tornadoes so it just it all depends on basically it's what i like you know because i'm going to be spending a lot of time in this book between writing it editing it and then getting it ready for for a publication it's just i have to really like something a lot to be in it that deep so it's more or less like like right now i'm trying to come up with the next idea i'm writing one but i have to come up with something for the next book and i'm i'm really struggling because You know, you want to pick something that's, that's current, current events type thing. And it's just, it's hard because like right now my mind's spinning because I'm doing a lot of things at once. And so I need to take like an hour out of my life and just come up with the next story idea. And it has to be something that is a job that people can relate to, that people are going to want to read about. And that kind of falls under the whole sweet romance guidelines. Are you open to suggestions? I can't really go on suggest. Yes, I, would, I like from you for sure. But a lot of times, I mean, some people will send me emails and messages and say, hey, you should write about this. But then if I write about that, where did that come from? Is it just like somebody wants me to write another book that sounds very similar to this author's book? So I have to be careful that my ideas are not necessarily original, but original to me. They can just throw out a job. Hey, maybe you should write about, you know, somebody like a baker. Like, oh, okay, cool. You know, we've done a lot of baker stories in this world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe I could put a spin on it type thing. But I have to be careful that it's not somebody else's story seeps into mine type thing. So I'm pretty careful about I come up with an idea or, you know, I'll I'll totally trust you because you read like a bazillion books a a year. So I can Mm -hmm. trust that you're not going to give me something that somebody else has already done. Or if there's not a lot of books written about this certain career. Well, what I'm pretty I- sure nobody's written about a cat psychologist if you wanna get all over. That. <laughs> cat psychologist. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, no, I think I don't know. Like okay. I have to Google, I know. <laughs> I have to Google Cat Psychologist because I think I think I know cats pretty well. Just saying. I could probably I could probably do it. <laughs> all right.
0: What job are we hoping this is gonna give us before we dive in? What do you think? I have no idea what
1: the options are, Neither. so so let's just wing it. All right, let's wing it. I'm let's gonna say I'm gonna say doctor. I'm probably going to like it'll probably be a librarian or something for me. Oh, could be a if librarian. that's even one. Okay. okay. So here's the thing.
0: All right. Okay. Uh, first question: How comfortable are you at telling people what to do? So Jesus, it's, it's, it's my superpower. It's my it's your superpower. Power. Well, this okay, yeah. but we're doing this together, so. Oh, How comfortable oh. are we at telling people what to do? Very, as long as it be a good boy. No. Uh, <laughs> weird. Um, I don't even have to try. People just do what I say. Interesting. That is uh, interesting. Can't we all just work together and hopefully stuff will no, the No. Not me. I'm happy to demand anything I Ooh. want. I feel like, I like that's that. probably the one. I'm just going to click.
1: Yeah, click that, that until we come up with something better.
0: I'm a team player, but I can take charge in an emergency. You got your math face on. Nobody can see that. So I thought I'd say it out loud. I'd rather go it alone. No. Also your math face. Okay. I like okay. it when someone else takes charge no. as in really <laughs> like it.
1: We're talking about jobs, right? Okay. No. Yeah. These are jobs.
0: Uh, okay, I may yeah. as well shout at the wall for all the good of
1: it would do. No. Okay. So I'm happy to demand anything I want. Yeah, that's good. Yeah.
0: Pick a jacket. Okay, they can't see, but there is a so leather, an oversized leather jacket.
1: Kind of like a motorcycle jacket.
0: In a yeah. Way. There is a cute no. blazer.
1: No, that's a no for me.
0: There's a gingham jacket that is not doing it for me. it looks
1: like flannel, pink and gray flannel ish yeah. jacket. Maybe. There's I don't know.
0: Billy Porter being fabulous in some, like, it would with be a hard train. To drive. Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, it's Billy Porter, so good for him. The hoodie.
1: The hoodie, I mean, I wear a lot of hoodies, but that's because I'm also also home.
0: (laughs) Same, but Um. I also wear them, if I'm honest. There is a a doctor jacket.
1: It's too white. (gasps) Ooh, I like that one.
0: This blazer.
1: I like it, but that's okay. Let's see what else we got.
0: It's a very nice Gucci blazer. Or
1: there is a puffy uh vest. Vest. Okay, so out of the that of those six the, or whoever, I think that one's I, good. The yeah. one we picked. Yeah, let's um, go. Um you wanna go with that one? Yeah, okay. let's go with that one. Okay.
0: You are on a plane <laughs> and the man next to you starts to talk about Bitcoin. What do you do? Is there like an option to just pork chop him in the neck? <laughs> like you just straight up it's like, take that's your like the worst. Get security to eject him from your plane is the third option. I'm gonna just, just click on that, and then we'll see what the other ones are. Okay. Pretend to listen while you're secretly watching Carol on the inflight entertainment. No. Signal to the air steward to fake a medical emergency that you must rush to help with. No. Feed him dairy feed dulce to let no. Right. I'm not even gonna finish reading that sentence. I'm not feeding this stranger. <laughs> right. Fake an incoming call from your boss despite having no signal. Out <laughs> of plane. That's kind of funny.
1: That is kind of funny.
0: Laugh in his face at the concept you have money to invest in anything. <laughs> we just chose the Gucci jacket. I know.
1: <laughs> so we can't really say that.
0: Try and distract him with pictures of your dog. The last one nod and smile while <laughs> mentally composing a Pulitzer prize winning story called Assholes Who Talk About Bitcoin.
1: That's pretty good.
0: That That's one, I good. think?
1: I think so. I think you're right. Okay. Hey,
0: okay. Your BFF just moved to a new place. What do you get them as a housewarming gift? A bottle of two buck chuck? No. No. Oh. A gingham top kilner jar containing a sourdough starter? No. Probably not. A rabbit microchip with up-to-date vaccination huh. certificates? Probably not. An oversized bouquet of flowers? I don't think no. so.
1: Actually, my BFF did just move and got a new place. So,
0: hmm. Yeah. What did you get them?
1: Um, You know, honestly, I don't remember. I say just, it was over the summer. Oh, I okay. Say just. So it's, it's over during the pandemic they moved. Mm-hmm. KB Draper, she moved. So. Oh. Yeah. And I honestly can't remember what I got her, but I feel like so far none of these, it would have been none of these.
0: No. A minimalist but extremely expensive artwork? Maybe. I feel like this is our closest so far. Closest so far. we can change it. Uh, A first aid kit.
1: (laughs) So you laugh at that, but let me tell you something. I am known in my family as a mother hen. Like for Christmas, Mm -hmm. my sister, one of her Christmas gifts, she had just uh, purchased a lake house. So I bought her one of those huge massive fire extinguishers. Because nobody thinks about a fire extinguisher. That's fair so so first aid kit yeah that's true they don't so first aid kit isn't too far i mean isn't too far from something i would do it is useful not for my bff though no so so the artwork is better okay okay so yeah a copy of the
0: home edit a guide to organizing and realizing Uh, your house goals absolutely not okay a doorbell with a video camera for snooping on your neighborhood
1: that probably is pretty good like the ring i can't tell you how much i pull up my ring On a daily basis. Yeah, okay, we'll get that one. Do you think so? I mean I'm I'm good for either one, the artwork or the doorbell. I'll let you make that decision.
0: I feel like the person who would compose the story, assholes who talk about Bitcoin, would want to be able to snoop on the neighborhood. That's
1: true. I think you're right. So let's stick with the doorbell. Okay.
0: You suspect someone's been stealing your lunch from the shared work bridge. What do you do? (laughs) Oh my god, the first one is so good. Steal someone else's lunch (laughs) as compensation. Make a dramatic scene until the culprit gives it back. Bring in lunch for everybody the next day. Someone must be struggling for cash if they had to steal yours. I don't think so. Ah, they're just dicks. Fire everyone? Probably not. No. Interview everyone involved and write a detailed oral history of the lunchroom thief. Who has time for that? Nobody. Who cares? You're not getting a lunch break anyway. Nope. Grab a bite to eat when you're next sent out on errands no no if you get desperate that kitty kibble can't be too bad can it that's disgusting no
1: so me i would make a dramatic scene until the corporate i have no problem i am that person who will confront is at work i'm a totally different person yeah like people are kind of scared of me at work oh yeah yeah they are it's weird it's so (laughs) weird because it's like i feel like uh it's I don't know I feel like I'm a totally different person at work than I am in real life and I mm-hmm. just feel like I'm there to work you know if if somebody's going to get in my way to prevent me from whether it's eating my lunch or doing my job I'm going to get in your face I'm just gonna we're just gonna mm-hmm. like I had one one time the admin uh person said something as I was walking away and I just stopped and I turned around and I went back to her I go we're not going to do this I need to know what is going on right now. What is your problem right now with me? And it wasn't like, what's your problem? It's like, I need. it was like very, very calm. Yeah. You know, I need to know what is the matter. What, what do you have against me right now? Why, why did you just say what you did? And people don't like confrontations at work. No. I'll tell you that they do not like it. I mean, people don't like confrontations in life, but like work, I don't have time. I do not have time for people to. Drag down my job or have emotional outbursts at something I have said. So, like, I nip it in the bud right away. I just do. I just, you know, I'm there to work,
0: right? There to play.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I feel like I would make a dramatic scene, and you know, I would just be like, okay, I would like get on the intercom system and say, "All right, (laughs) who's the asshole who took my lunch? Like, I will lock the doors. Nobody's leaving until I." Smell your breath. Mm-hmm. If I know what you're eating and it, it's my food, <laughs> we're going to, no. know. I wouldn't be like that. But I would, I would definitely like go to everybody and, you know, did you eat my lunch?
0: So wait, does that mean then that you would interview everyone and write the detailed oral history
1: of No, the I would not write the, de- I would interview everyone, but I would not write the detailed history. So I feel like dramatic maybe if scene. I, yeah, I feel like I would make a dramatic scene. It's okay. like, who the hell ate my lunch? Bring up, you know, you owe me something.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, now we need to pick a mode of transport.
1: Okay. So
0: we, uh, have, we have a speedboat. Okay. We
1: have... It's this. like an ice cream truck. Is that an ice cream truck, sort of? But no ice cream? Yeah. It's or- not a Chester the Molester van. It is not that. Are but you it sure? Looks, you know, the, the sliding door looks... It's almost like a UPS snub-nosed truck, but it's white.
0: We're real old... But ice. it's
1: got that, that, that sliding door... You know, I care, let me get yeah. your
0: package. It's like a real old van. It's like they were afraid to use a proper VW van. Right. Like, Because like were... we all know
1: we'd pick that.
0: Right. It's like they were afraid to use it for, like, licensing purposes or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> There's a stretch limousine. There is... A, an ambulance. An ambulance. We are definitely not going to be doctors. There's no. a subway. There is no. some old ass old bike. bike. <laughs> there is a Subaru, and there's a Lesberu. motorcycle. Yeah, I feel like it's probably the Subaru, right? Like yeah, it's the only sure. one that I'm literally sure. willing to drive out of all of these. Oh, that's true. All right, fatal flaw. Just one. You work too much enable people's worst habits uh, vanity you care about everyone except yourself No. Uh, you let everyone trample all over you No. your employability is inverse to your level of education you feel things too much or nosiness oh pick a flaw
1: I'm either gonna say for me personally I either work too much or my nosiness one of the two Let's go with nosiness. I think that would be more fun. Yeah, I
0: think so too. Oh, pick a classic 80s or 90s film. Oh, yes. Flatliners, Broadcast News, Working Girl, Mystic Pizza, Beethoven. What? Bowfinger, Jumpin' (laughs) Jack Flash, and
1: Slurps. Oh, you know, three of those jump out at me right away because I love three of them. I'm hoping one of them is Mystic Pizza. Yes, Mystic Pizza is one. I also love Jumping Jack Flash because Whoopi Goldberg in the movie is yes. priceless. Yes. Uh, and then Clarks was way beyond its time. I feel like. I feel like it's a very underrated cult classic. But at the same time, you need to be in the right frame of mind to watch it. So yeah. probably between Mystic Pizza and Jumping Jack Flash. Because who doesn't like a good you know, I mean, I just remember, I True. just remember Whoopi Goldberg trying to figure out what the code is, and she's like, "Speak English, let's man. do it." You know, let's like, do Jimmy it, Jack. Black. Okay,
0: okay, okay. We need to pick shoes. I don't even know how to describe these. They're very those are nice.
1: called. They are cap-toed oxfords. All right, I, I I sell shoes. I used to sell shoes, so uh. I know all about shoes. I am a shoe girl okay those are just like revealing (laughs) you're gonna you're gonna
0: describe this section okay
1: well then you have your basic black pumps you know Mm -hmm. oh then you have your like white keds Mm -hmm. the soccer mom travel around drop the kids off shoes Ooh, then you have your little sex kitten high-heeled what are they called they're like are they rhinestones or is that like i think so like yeah. sandal, three inch heel type, strappy heels. Yeah. Ah, Crocs, <laughs> Crocs. <laughs> uh-huh. Then you have your Converse, your Chucks. Yeah. Um. Then you have your hiking boots. Yeah. And then you have your badass motorcycle. Yeah. Chunky black leather with buckles. Yeah. And laces. So. Yeah. What do you think? Okay, so the ones I would actually wear and do wear on a daily basis, I wear Mm Chucks, I wear uh, hiking boots, I wear Crocs, I'm not going to lie, I'm a freaking Croc lover, I wear them to take Molly out, because they're right there by the door, I can slip them on, slip them off. We're not choosing Crocs. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just telling you my history. Uh, If I were to pick one, I would either pick, I'd pick either the last, like, because I have a shit ton of motorcycle uh, shoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have hiking boots and I also have chucks. So I'm gonna let you pick. This is mm-hmm. yours. Let's you do pick. The, let's do the chucks. Okay, that works. Okay. Oh my god! How many more questions? There's three more okay, questions. Shoot. Okay. Three more. Uh, <laughs>
0: okay, be the whole podcast. <laughs> it is gonna be. Uh, you're swiping through a dating app and notice someone hot from work. What do you do? Message them immediately. <laughs> Your job sucks, but if there's a potential for hookups, it may suck slightly less. Mm, probably not. Spend six hours internet stalking them to see if it's worth you making a move. Uh, Ignore it. It would be inappropriate to pursue a colleague but you can still fantasize about it. Start making inscrutable romantic gestures to convey your attraction in a way they cannot possibly (laughs) understand. Chris is making rude gestures that none of you can see right now. (laughs) Text them an NDA followed by a nude. Oh my god. (laughs) Sign up for the same shift as them so you can flirt awkwardly for 12 hours. (laughs) Say nothing and spend the remainder of your working life pining for them. Or... This means they must be the only other queer <laughs> in town. Start planning your wedding immediately. I don't know. What do you think?
1: I think uh, I probably ignore it. I would. I would either like the option isn't there. No. Like, right. 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 I think ignoring it is probably the safest thing to do. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: All right. What is your ultimate career goal? World domination. For people to like me. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that was unfiltered, but you know, here we are. Uh, fame, but also privacy. That's, that's interesting. Lin, that's Lynn Ames's book, All That Lies Within, pretty much. Right. <laughs> in, <Yeah>. in, like, <laughs> like one tagline. Uh, to make it to retirement before I have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, but that, that might be my, that, that be my <laughs> that's okay. One. The pursuit of truth. To serve others the best I can. To make rent. To be honest, I just want to play with puppies. (laughs) Who doesn't want to play with puppies? Who doesn't? Uh, Okay, what's our character's ultimate career goal? Uh,
1: Fame, but also privacy. uh, To make rent or play with puppies. I mean, I I guess my ultimate career goal. I mean, I want to write books and I want to be good at writing books and i want a lot of people to buy my books so perhaps fame but privacy i mean i'm all for like here i am you know
0: let's go with that I one because it's hilarious <laughs>
1: okay all right uh, all
0: right pick a location to base your head office manhattan mm. rural new england la washington dc somewhere cheap in a flyover state chicago
1: san francisco or any of the above um so i have fomo so i feel i have to live in a city because okay. as as beautiful and wonderful as rural new england sounds mm-hmm. i gotta get close to something i have to be like in the thick of it so i'm gonna have to stay somewhere where there's lots of people and there's lots of noise i'm all about the noise Right. right i'm the wallflower but i like noise so i'm either gonna pick manhattan la has water issues so i can't really go there chicago san francisco I would say anywhere like Manhattan or Chicago. How do you feel about this? Like what 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 are your thoughts on this?
0: I would like to pick San Francisco because I live in a cold place.
1: You live in a cold place. So we need to, so the warmest place. Like San Francisco really isn't that warm. I mean, you know, it really isn't. It's not like it's not like LA hot. If you want hot, let's go to LA. Let's set up shop in LA. Okay, let's go to LA. Okay, LA. Okay.
0: Moment of truth.
1: Here we go. What do we get?
0: Oh, it's working. It's working. It's thinking.
1: What do we get? What do we get? I'm so excited.
0: Oh.
1: I have to scroll down. What do, <gasps> what do we get? We're a Hollywood actress!
0: <laughs> wow! You didn't learn your award-winning acting skills from high school drama club, but from a lifetime of pretending to the public, you are not extremely and obviously queer as Ah. despite your management team feeding your fears you'll never land a leading role if you come out and running interference every time you're staying with a woman it's high time you turn up at an award show and announce that you're here today because you are gay you know what i love about this so much i fucking love these books they are some
1: of my absolute
0: (laughs) yes favorite Like that's one of my favorite tropes. I love it. I will show up every single time. I actually burned myself out on celebrity romances a couple of years ago because there was like a massive run of them, and I was like, "Give me every one. Give me every single one. I'm gonna read them all." (laughs) And then I was like, "I'm tired. I need a break." (laughs) Because I read maybe
1: that's what I need to do. Maybe I need to write about a Hollywood. Yes, write me a Hollywood. Do it.
0: I love it. Speaking of Hollywood, Chris, yes. what have you yes. been reading or watching?
1: Okay, so I am still under the influence of The Handmaid's Tale. Every week, mm-hmm. I go and I watch it because and, uh, I have hope.
0: And is it uh, getting more hopeful, or uh, it is
1: getting more hopeful? I'm gaining a lot of hope watching this. So I'm I like I can't wait till Wednesdays come around mm-hmm. until I can sit down and watch it because I I feel like you know here's the deal. Like, some episodes, I'm like, that is the best episode. I'm so glad this happened. And there are other episodes, like, why the fuck did they waste an hour of my time? <laughs> but I know that they're setting things up. I know that it's all set up. So I have to, like, say, okay, yeah, I get it. Okay, this work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I'm still torturing myself with Handmaid's Tale. Good. And I just started, the second season of Ragnarok came out, which is, um, here, let me pull up the definition of it. I, I saw the first season and was going to mention it. I don't think I did last, uh, last year. Is it related um, to Thor? It is! Did I talk about it? No, but didn't. Thor... Okay. So, I
0: believe that not only is Thor Ragnarok the best of the Thor movies, but it is actually the perfect movie if you want to have a movie for the bisexuals. Like, if you want to have, yes. like, a bisexual
1: movie celebration night, there's something for everybody. So, this is... This is a TV series on Netflix mm-hmm. I for once didn't speak into the magical remote and um, I saw, it's on Netflix for sure because I saw it the first time and the character who is represent it's basically teenagers Thor and Loki as teenagers Oh. and how they come about to become who they are So the first one really focuses on Thor discovering who he is mm-hmm. you know there's a teenager he goes to school uh, and his brother how is the second season focuses more on Loki, who is definitely queer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of interesting because at one of the episodes I watched, I think I'm only three episodes in, but one of the episodes, the mom sits, the brother, Thor goes, he says to Loki, which th- they have other car- real names. They don't call each other Thor and Loki, but that's who they are. Mm-hmm. And he's like, are you wearing makeup? And Loki's like, yeah. And the mom walks in. She goes, I think it's great that you're discovering your, you know, playing, not playing, but just kind of like mm-hmm. expressing yourself, wearing you know, not really conforming to a gender, specific gender. She goes, I experimented when I was 17, too. So there's, like, a lot of support from the mom, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and Loki comes in. And he's like, you know, I, I I, feel something for somebody. And the mom's like, what's her name? And he's like, well, it's a guy. And she's like, cool. You know, so, I mean, there's a lot of support. And, and so I'm excited to see what happens, not just with the whole Loki thing, but just the also the queerness of it, too. So it's kind of fun good. to see him. Yeah, so uh, so I'm watching that as well. So what about you, Tara? What have you been reading and watching or watching? So I've been reading How to Find a Princess
0: by Alyssa Cole. It is another book in her Runaway Royals series, which some of the books have male-female pairings. Some of them have queer pairings. This is one that has two women. And this one is actually an Anastasia retelling. So it's cute. It has neurodivergent rep so far i'm not super far in it i think i'm about 10 15 of the way through because i only read on my kindle i don't think in terms of pages i think in terms right because who knows
1: pages on a kindle
0: <laughs> yeah exactly so i'm just gonna read the blurb makeda hicks has lost her job and her girlfriend in one fell swoop the last thing she's in the mood for is to rehash the story of her grandmother's infamous summer fling with the runaway prince from Iberania or the investigator from the World Federation Monarchies, tasked with searching for Iberania's missing heir. Yet, when Bezneria crashes into her life, the sleek and sexy investigator exudes exactly the kind of chaos that organized and efficient Makeda finds irresistible, even if Fez is determined to drag her into a world of royal duty Makeda wants nothing to do with. When a threat to her grandmother's livelihood pushes Makeda to agree to return to Iberania, Bez takes her on a transatlantic adventure with a crew of lovable weirdos, a fake marriage, and a one bed hijinks on the high seas. When they finally make it to Inevarania, they realize there's more at stake than just cash and crown, and Makeda must learn what it means to fight for what she desires and not what she feels bound to by duty. So I wasn't super sure at first because that first chapter, where Makeda, yeah, she gets fired. And it's, like, not only does she get fired, but somebody who is much worse at the job gets promoted over her. And I was, like, well, this is pissing me off. And then you see her girlfriend leaving. And, like, and the way her girlfriend leaves is really mean. And I was, like, what? But then it goes on, and you meet Bez. And it's almost a farce. And it's hilarious. And it's, like, you meet her boss. And he's this white guy from a former monarchy in this made up, well, a former fake monarchy somewhere in, I believe, Europe. He's this white guy and his family basically paid for it. And it was like a plot of land that was smaller than Vatican City. And it was only for two years in the 1940s. Basically just, like, highlighting the absurdity of monarchies anyway. And his name is, like, 20 letters long, but it's pronounced Smith. And I was (laughs) like, what? And so it's kind of like, if you can embrace some of the silliness, it's a lot of fun. And so the point that I'm at now is, like, Bez has kind of crashed her way into Makeda's life. And so I'm really kind of curious to see where it goes it's fun like the setup is kind of fun now and you know there's there's been a lot of retellings i think in Vic in the last few years but there haven't been i don't think i've seen one of anastasia before so i'm curious to see where this one goes Um, and especially you know seeing a book about two black women and especially when it's written by a black woman um And more diverse rap is always a good thing, so I'm pretty excited about this one and looking forward to seeing where it goes. Uh, And then the other one that I'm not reading about right now, but I I can't remember if I was talking about it a few episodes back. But I'm very excited because it's had its wide release. Is the Menopause Manifesto by Dr. Jen Gunter? This book is absolutely crucial if you are going through perimenopause or menopause if you've been through it if you know somebody highly 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 recommend it dr jen is on a mission this book is all about evidence-based information because you know a lot of the information that's out there um, a lot of the things they're trying to sell to us is highly predatory because there is money to be made there is a knowledge vacuum um, and the people rushing in to try to fill it are unfortunately not always good people with our best interests in mind. And she is on a mission to empower people. And I know for myself, I personally have been having much better and more fruitful conversations with my doctor about my care. Good. And so I'm really excited about this. I signed up for her Substack and have con- been continuing to get more good information about that and so the thing i like about that is because of course you know a book really kind of represents the best information at that point in time and so eventually it's going to grow sale and so i'm going to continue following her through there and i am going to brag a tiny bit i actually had the opportunity to join sarah wendell from smart bitches trashy books as uh, she interviewed dr jen So we interviewed her together on the Smart Bitches podcast. And if you want to have a listen to that, we will include the link in the show notes. I luckily had about a month to get used to that information, or I would have completely lost my shit because she is one of my personal heroes. (laughs) I just love everything to do with Dr. Jen. So yes, highly, highly, highly recommend that book. I will say, you know, for our um, non-binary and trans friends, It's not as queer friendly as I would have hoped. It's pretty focused on cis women, which I can also understand because it is very hard to get good medical help that is competent when it comes to menopause. Unfortunately, most uh, doctors are not getting good training related to menopause, even for cisgender women. Right. but. I would say that if you do have the uterus and you identify as non-binary, it's still going to have information that's really important for you to have. So I would still encourage you to check it out because, you know, as we, as we continue through our lives and we experience that loss of estrogen, there are things that we need to do to protect our bodies, especially related to heart disease and bone density loss. Because if we don't, it can be really disastrous for health outcomes for the rest of our lives, so if you if if you can go into it just knowing that you unfortunately might not um it, I'm trying to find the right way to say it like it it might be a little difficult, knowing from like the pronoun perspective, you might not get what you need, but the rest of the information is is still important and powerful for protecting your body for the rest of your life. Chris, it's time for official recommendations. What is yours?
1: Well, I talked a little bit about a series that was on FX called Pride. Mm -hmm. It was a documentary series and it's on uh, FX. And I talked about the first episode. I'd only seen the first episode, but I figured it was probably going to be a recommendation for me. And it totally is. So this podcast and given the fact that mm-hmm. it is pride month, june is pride month. So, um it's great timing. Of course, I'm sure that was planned, but everyone needs to to watch this series. It's important for our history, for queer history, especially trans rights and people of color. Like this is this is a great series for that. So, like it, it goes through each decade. So the, the 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 episode that I watched, the first one was actually the title of the episode is 1950s people had parties and the rest of the titles is for every decade. So it's gonna be impossible to take six hours worth of information and break it down in like a 10 minute recommendation. But I thought I would kind of highlight some of the important things uh, of each decade. So the 1960s, the episode's called Riots and Revolutions. There were a lot of riots in the 60s and everybody knows about 69 Stonewall. Like that seems to be like, everybody says, oh, that's the big breakout riot. But like, that's not true. There were so many different riots that happened prior to Stonewall that the television and newspapers didn't cover because they didn't want to give queers any sort of acknowledgement or any sort of, you know, any sort of press. They always say, you know, any press is good press. So they just took it out. They just, nobody ever talked about it. Nobody reported on it so that was really interesting, the 60s you know, pride was actually born and earned from the riots of the 60s like the whole pride thing and the very first pride parade which really was, wasn't a parade, it was a protest so like the first prides were protests uh, the first one was in 1970 and it took place you know, in the big cities, New York, San Francisco and they were just they were they're political and they were a way to gather and protest and there was also the growing uh, women's movement of uh, just lesbians becoming uh identifying with that word you know actually okay yes i am a lesbian and then there are the women's the feminists and it was interesting because the two groups would fight like like the, there was like a huge thing about feminism and they didn't want to be accused of being lesbians and so the lesbians are like well surprise guess what a lot of your feminists are lesbians so like it, it focuses the 70s focuses a lot on the women's movement and the 80s, of course, the AIDS pandemic, talked about the AIDS pandemic, and how that was when when I kind of was aware of life and news and, and activism was in the 80s. And the AIDS thing was absolutely, it was horrifying when it first came out. I still remember it. And I remember people on, on Johnny Carson talking about it. And I, I looked at my dad, I'm like, What are they talking about? What do they mean it's man-made? You know, so I think it was Steven Seagal, of all people, said uh, it's man-made. And I'm like, I don't understand what that means, Dad. Mm -hmm. So my dad had to explain it to me. Yeah, so the 80s was very, it it was interesting because they asked for help. They asked the government for help, and the government just kind of blew it away. Like, oh, well. They said, you know, this was, like, religious groups used AIDS against the queer community, and they said it was unintended good consequences by wiping out the perverted social group. So it was really interesting, and that's when safe sex, I don't know if you remember, if you know a lot about American politics, but uh, Nancy Reagan was like, safe sex, it was all about safe sex. And uh, I just remember having a bumper sticker in my locker um, in high school saying, wrap that rascal, and it was a condom. And like, and that was like a big thing, you know, for me mm-hmm. to have that in my locker. I, I thought for sure, you know, I was going to go to the principal's office and there wasn't really, you know, freedom of speech. I was part of the newspaper and um, anyway, so that was real big for me was 80s mm-hmm. and, and learning about that. And the 90s was about cultural wars. It was the first time that LGBTQ actually came up in the election you know, with Clinton, and everybody thought, you know, Clinton was going to be the hero, and uh, but he signed the DOMA Act, you know, the um, the Defense of Marriage Act, but then he also brought about the defense directive, you know, the don't tell, don't ask, don't tell. So there's a lot of history going on, and, and the, the funny thing is, the very last episode was the 2000s, you know, just all of the 2000s, up to 2020, and uh, there's an explosion of gay exposure, like movies, television shows yeah. you remember i mean you know all of those uh and then also here's something that was really big that obama signed into to law was the matthew shepherd and james uh, bird hate crime prevention act mm-hmm. and do you remember matthew Shepard? do you remember both of those remember that yeah so here's the thing that i hate it's like we have this crime thing that that was signed into law And yet fucking Trump just like comes in. It's like, it's okay, go ahead and do whatever you want. And so like all these people come out and we have gone backwards because of Trump. I feel like, you know, he's made it okay to, to fucking hate people again. And it's like, so, you know, basically in conclusion, I recommend this documentary to understand where we come from. Like if you're a member or if you're an ally, it's important to know our history. You know, we'll always have history. We're always going to have to fight to be heard. We're always going to have to fight to be recognized. And we're always going to have to fight for equality. And and that's just a given. So I think this is an important documentary for all of us to see and and know about the history. I learned a lot. There's a lot that I did not know about. So it's six hours, but I think it's, it it raised a lot of questions, but then it made sense to me as well. So that's my recommendation.
0: Especially right now. I think a lot of. I think a lot of people forget or never knew where pride came from you know they think pride is just corporate woke washing you know you wear you wear the t-shirt or the bracelets you go to the party downtown um and they don't necessarily know that it came out of a struggle and that there was literally it was illegal and that there are people in our community that were that are literally still alive and it was illegal at the time to be gay and you can see it even in like go back and read the swashbuckler and you can read about that and right now there are so many states introducing bills to strip away rights from trans
1: people and this really does focus on trans people a lot, mm-hmm. like through the decades it goes through. And it makes sure to discuss it, to talk about what happened, how mm-hmm. they have changed, how there has been help along the way, and a lot of the pioneers who have helped along the way. And also, I will say this. It was really interesting. I'm sitting there watching the whole documentary, and Jewel Gomez shows up, and they interview her. Oh. I know. it's was like, I know Jewel. So it was kind of cool because, you know, I met Jewel at GCLS, golden crown mm-hmm. um the conference that they have and uh so it's just really interesting because i was like okay now I, i'm even even more invested in this because yeah. people i know are speaking out about this and are, are talking to people who can actually you know get out there and get in front of people so i loved it
0: well and i don't think a lot of people understand because they're sometimes the talk is like Well, being trans is new. And it's like, being trans is absolutely not (laughs) not new. (laughs) Uh, There was so much research, actually, about trans experience that, like, the Nazis literally burned down and had destroyed. Yeah. Like, just absolutely destroyed because literal Nazis didn't want that. And it's like, we are kind of facing a tipping point again mm-hmm. and so yeah go check this out yeah i think you would Learn really enjoy history. it i think
1: you i i know for sure you'd have a lot to say about yeah. this so i recommend it especially to you
0: thank you my friend. i need to see where in canada i can get it well it's on netflix
1: like you can get netflix or no can you not get netflix i can get netflix, oh, okay. but you said it was on fx Sh- it might be through netflix too I'm just saying. I think that might have been one of those where i spoke spoken to the magic um, remote, mm-hmm. for sure. I don't have a magic remote. Well, let's the... look. I mean, for sure, Netflix. I mean, I, I said it, and it says FX, but I think it was actually through Netflix that it did it. Oh, okay. So it's one of those. Okay. So for sure, look at it. So enough about that, because I know we're like, this is going to be like a podcast that's eight hours long. So, <laughs> So Tara, what is your big recommendation for us this week?
0: Similar to you, it is one f- that I'm picking up from last week. Um, unlike yours, it's incredibly lighthearted. <laughs> <laughs> I know, this is super heavy, but super informative. Uh, so to balance out, so watch Pride. And then when you're like, woof, that was heavy, but important. And then when you need to pick me up, get the book Satisfaction Guaranteed by Corellius Death Waters. Because holy shit, this book is adorable. Aww. So I'm going to start with the blurb. And it is. When it comes to her career, Cade Elgin has it all figured out. Only professional talk has become her default mode. Relationships are non-existent and don't even mention the word orgasm. All work and no play makes Cade a dull human. But when she inherits a sex toy store, Cade is caught between business and a store filled with every imaginable kind of pleasure, including her infuriatingly irresponsible and deliciously sexy new poem. Selena Mathis learned the hard way that she can have too much of a good thing, which is precisely why she's taken an oath of celibacy and is focusing on how to make Satisfaction Guaranteed a success. Nothing in the story, just as an aside. <laughs> she won't mess this up, not this time. But once again, Selena's emotions are getting in the way and tempting her with a serious attraction to buttoned up Cade. But the shop isn't exactly vibing. And, and Kate yeah, see what they did there? It's pretty good. Yeah. Cool. And Kate <laughs> And Kate and Selena are on the verge of losing both their income and the possibility of love. Can they find a way to work together <laughs> before satisfaction guaranteed runs out of batteries? That's I love all the puns I know. in this. Super like clever. I hate I hate puns so me much, too, but me like too. <laughs> every pun in this blurb is working for me. Right. Like it's just so cute. I'm the same. I dislike puns immensely, uh, but yeah,
1: I agree. This made me laugh, so that's good. So it was successful.
0: Oh my god. So this is probably going to go down as one of my favorite books this year. It is so fun and sweet and lovely, and yet it is also a really nice surprise because it deals with some really Serious subject matter in really deft and delicate ways. It's a total opposites attract romance. Like you can't really get more opposites attract than this. And so like Cade obviously has a job. So she runs her parents art gallery. She's actually a co-owner with them. She and each of her parents each own like a one third stake in this art gallery in New York City. And it's a really well-respected art gallery. Selena used to be an artist. She was actually in art school and she showed really great promise. And because she was in a relationship with one of her professors who ended up pretty deeply bullying her and that relationship crashed and burned, she kind of needed to find her way into a new life. And that's how she ended up meeting Cade's aunt, who owned the store. And so Ruth is uh, Ru- so Ruth is Cade's aunt, who owned the store, and Ruth hired Selena and let Selina kind of live in this uh, little home on the back of the property. And so when Ruth dies, she leaves it to both of them in kind of this, who knows why Ruth does what she does. <laughs> Did she have a hunch that they would work together? Who knows? We never meet Ruth. But she seems to be kind of one of these Ruth works in mysterious ways. (laughs) Her store just sounds completely bonkers. Like, it's full of, like, tchotchkes and, like, what the fuck is this place? Of course, dildos all over the place and vibrators and whatever. And it's this, but, like, they each bring things that the other needs. Mm -hmm. They complement each other really well. (laughs) it opens with a funeral and like the opening scene is at ruth's funeral and i loved it and i actually like i really knew that i was in for something special when i like i opened it on my kindle and the very opening lines were kate elgin sat in the first pew at Wholeheart departures funeral home, feeling out of place because she was the only person in the whole room, in the room, not wearing gold lame. She wore a dark suit, dry clean only (laughs) expensive. And I was like, fuck. Yes. (laughs) Thank you for this. And like, it just was fabulous. Edibles were passed around at the funeral, by the way. (laughs) and it was like and her introduction to selena is fabulous because it's selena is giving the eulogy and she could tell that selena is terrified but like she opens the eulogy by talking about the name that ruth gave to her (laughs) quarter and like it just it was the perfect like i knew what this book was Or I thought I knew what it was going to be. And it turned out to be so much more. Because, like, it is a romantic comedy. It absolutely is. But it also is this book where both of these characters are desperately seeking belonging. And I really loved that. Because Cade's parents are nuts. And I say that lovingly. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I don't say that in a way to like poke fun at mental illness because I do not as a person that, you know, I live with anxiety every day. I do not mean to do that. But they are are painted as these very free spirited people. And there's a running joke throughout the book about how they may or may not fill the art gallery with alpacas. (laughs) And they have a running joke throughout their life about how Cade was switched at birth (laughs) <laughs> uh, with a baby from a family of accountants because she really does like she is the reason why the gallery is so successful and you can tell that it hurts because you know because there's this talk about well what real Elgins do and she is the best chance at turning satisfaction guaranteed around because she is a true business right. person she can like she gets it but also she doesn't know shit about fuck <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> the product yeah they're selling (laughs) yeah she doesn't know anything about that Uh, because as it says in the blurb like she's never had she's never had an orgasm and she also feels tremendous shame about this she's only had sex six times in her life and it didn't go well and so she carries she carries this shame and then you have selena who's had Lots and lots of sex, and the reason she's taken this oath of celibacy is that that's actually how she medicates—is with sex. And so she's trying to figure out, okay, how do I find my place in this world? Ruth had become her anchor, and her anchor is gone. And so, how does she belong now? When they have literally a month to turn everything around, and. It's just beautiful. This book is so good. It is, yeah. Like I said, I think it's gonna go down as one of my absolute. Every time yeah, I say go down, I like, awesome. I just, yeah, I'm like, because <laughs> it's a, you know, sex is a strong theme in the story. It's um, it's lovely. It's funny. It made me laugh out loud I love many, that. many times. <laughs> it it just it absolutely works. I can't recommend it enough. Good. Absolutely, hands down unqualified recommendation everything about it works for me go get it everybody it it released on um June 1st so I'm not even doing that rude thing where I say go get it when it comes out no it's out now (laughs) buy it it. buy buy it for yourself buy it for your friends oh the other the other really cool thing about it is that um I don't know if it's because it was an advanced reader copy but it should I believe it's going to be like this when it releases it has um book club questions at the back so actually if you have a book club read it with your friends. Nice. I so yeah, you should do. Yeah. Well, you don't have friends anymore. We've talked about this That's before. Right. You, you you cut ties with all your friends cuz they all gave you bad recommendations. So they you did. make some friends. <laughs> I need new friends. And then you can do read you this happy? book with them. <laughs> That is all for this episode. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us, for listening to us, for sitting with us while we took the quiz. (laughs) Uh, I hope you were as entertained as we were. If you have enjoyed the show, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, Please consider leaving a review, especially on Apple Podcasts. Like we said earlier. It truly does make a difference in helping other right. people find this. Um, and especially like if you find our recommendations valuable, hopefully it will help somebody else find them valuable too. Right.
1: And if you want to connect with us on your favorite social media sites, just search for Queerly Recommended on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or email us at podcast at com. We're pretty vocal in all those places. So that's it. Goodbye, everybody.
0: Goodbye.